0: Underground artists, they wait for opportunities to come to them, like they expect, like if I put this song out, this opportunity's gonna come for me, I just gotta wait, like nah, that's not how it works. You're not reaching out to these people, letting them know who you are, networking yourself, nobody gonna know who you are at the end of the day. It don't matter how much great music you put out, they not gonna know. Now I'm more focused on finding myself, like fitting my truth, fitting what I go through, fitting in my way, and trying to help you feel it in your own way trying to be myself instead of being Drake and J.
1: Cole and Hendrick, I'm trying to be Dreamy Sinatra, you know? That was Dreamy Sinatra that you just heard in the beginning. Dreamy Sinatra, man. Got to meet him in person. This has been about maybe like a year or two ago. He came down to Claflin University. He did a small performance out there. Um it's been, you know, it's been so long, but we finally got this episode out and what I want to, you know, just let y'all know about this episode for the most part is that he dropped a lot of gems in this episode. I want you to hear for yourself. Listen to what Dreamy Sinatra has to say and, you know, take the advice because he's been working hard and I've been seeing the progress he's been making since. He's been through a lot and I definitely, you know, I want to share this with y'all. So, enjoy.
0: When I first started doing music. I wasn't rapping for, I was doing a lot of singing and that was my main focus. I wasn't really thinking about being a rapper. So I really just called myself Deshaun Hodges and that was my middle and last name. And I used to do a whole bunch of covers and stuff. But then I started like expanding my music versatility and I started listening to artists like Frank Sinatra and Miles Davis and all this other stuff. My mom told me one day, she was like, you know, you're you're part Italian. Why don't you put like two names together? And I had just joined this group, Dreamy. See, every single one of us in the group is named Dreamy, but it's something after that Dreamy that makes you yourself. So it may we got people like Dreamy Yo, Dreamy Alpha, Dreamy Reek, stuff like that. But I thought since I'm part Italian and stuff, I want to express that Italian side to me because I felt like I don't show it that much. So I decided to call myself Dreamy Sinatra, and it's worked out for me for ever since. So, uh, where are you from? Waldorf, Maryland, for real. I mean, it, that's, that's always a confusing question because people, people have different, like, ways of justifying where they're from or how they say it is and stuff. But to me, I, I became a man and, and learned how to live life in Waldorf, Maryland. So, to me, that's where I'm from. What was it like growing up? Honestly, it, it it's a mixture of everything, like, you got your good times, you got your bad times, you got your suburbs, you got your your hoods, you got your regular everyday people, you got your wild people, like it's it's a regular place, honestly, but living in Waldorf, you would think like basically like to you in South Carolina, what's your you ever heard of like the term West Bubba, like a place that's just out in the cut and like people are like, Oh, that place too far to travel to or that place ain't got nothing that place is in like west bubba or something y'all got a place like that in south carolina i'm pretty sure i'm from a rural area so after i left y'all school somebody was talking about uh how girls be like yo let's meet up and and the dude be like where you at and they be like orangeburg and the dude be like uh definitely not like that that's how it feels about waldorf that's how people talk about waldorf and maryland like He'll be like oh you want to come to Waldorf uh no that's the hype like the main joke in in Maryland is how far Waldorf is from everything so imagine like the city that you trying to rep and come up and being the butt of every DMV joke you know like your state your, your whole city is like the butt of a joke kind of so it's kind of like you're trying to prove to them like bro like it's not like that over here. Like, we got some real serious talent over here. We really trying to do something. But everybody really seeing your city as like the butt of a joke. You feel me? And I was like, how's the support over there? It's iffy. Like, in the DMV, I feel like it's already separated, bro. If you ask people in the DMV, what's the DMV? To anybody else, they'd be like DC, Maryland, Virginia. But to a lot of people in the DMV, we don't it's like they don't claim Virginia or something or it's like they don't claim Baltimore to be part of the V. So it's like the area already low key separated. And then you got different areas thinking different things about different areas. Like, like I said, everybody think Waldorf is this far place, the butt of a joke. Everybody think DC this way. Everybody think PG this way. Like, so it's like nothing is completely unified. The V not unified as a whole. So you going to go into some places, you're going to try to get your music played, you're going to try to do this, but niggas, niggas not going to fuck with it, you feel me? So it's like the big music scene in the DMV is trapped. So when you got people like a J. Cole artist or a Kendrick artist or a Drake artist, you you got to get out the DMV to really get your sound heard. Because people might hear it in the DMV, but people always going to hate on you. They either going to hate on you or they're going to be like, Nah, that's not trap. I'm not really fucking with it. And that's how the DMV is. That's why when I do my shows promotion and stuff, I always travel like that's why I had to I had to get my name out in different cities like New York and uh, Texas and Georgia and, and VA. Well, VA basically they don't claim it, but. I had to go out of my way to go to these different places and make that extra step to do what I got to do to have other people see what I was making because my own city wasn't really giving me that support that I needed. That's understandable in South Carolina. there's a couple of artists that I can think of. I'm not sure as far as like who is well known at this point, but for the most part, it's like I hear like trap music. I don't
1: consider South Carolina, you know, the trap, as some people would say, because it feels to me more like country, because that's where I'm from. Yeah. I guess in, like, the little those small
0: areas where they could be a trap to them. But for the most part, yeah, it's trap. And there's a few other people that sing and do other things. But are those people that sing and do other things as supported as the trap artist? It's a divide, I guess, between music. Do you consider yourself known? Known? No, I still I still consider myself underground, low key. Because I mean, it depends. Like, if, you, if you're talking about like nationwide, worldwide, no, I don't feel like I'm out there, out there. But I definitely am known because you can see it. You could see your um your analytics of your music, like everything that you put out. You can see. You can see who's listening to it and who, how many times it's been played in this city or this country. Like, like yeah, I may, I may go to my SoundCloud, go to my Spotify, see oh they playing my music in Russia, Argentina, India, stuff like that. But it's not like it's not like they playing their music and everybody just reaching out to me like oh my god, yo, this is great, this is great like that. Like my music is getting played worldwide, but. I don't think it's known worldwide. So I don't think I'm known, but I think I'm slowly but surely getting there day by day, week by week. All right, so uh, we're about to do a whole transition here. So now we're about to, like, talk about music. Tell us about your old music. Like I said, when I first came out as a singer and stuff like that, I knew that's what I wanted to do. But, like, as as you get older and stuff, you, you lose, like, and stuff like that voice and stuff unless you unless you with that vocal coach 24 7 or you in chorus or something like that them vocals not gonna go where they need you to go once you get older unless you are just god gifted like truly gifted so it's like i could always sing but i wasn't like no maxwell or something you know so once i realized that i started rapping But my problem was when I started rap, I really just wanted to rap like all my favorite artists. Like, I would hear a song and I'd be like, man, I want to make a song exactly like that. Like, I want to make something just like that and then put it out and see if people like it the same or something like that. And that was my problem for real. So when I first started music, I had to get over that, that hurdle of you can't sound like somebody that you admired and still make it like it doesn't happen because some people going to tell you, Oh, we already got a Drake or a Cole or a Kendrick or something. Why would we need another one? And I feel like that's how they look at it. So I ended up, it took me a while, bro. I had to drop like two or three mixtapes of just straight music. I thought was good because I, I was trying to get over that hurdle of not sounding like somebody else. But once I go back and listen to that music now, it's like, damn, bro, like that shit was garbage. Like, why did I even put that out? Like, don't get me wrong, there's some other shit. Like, I'm like, damn, if I would have saved it and worked on it, like, way more than I did, then it would have came out great. So compared to now, like I feel like now I take my time with my songs more. It may take me a little bit longer to write a song. I probably write at least four or five songs a day because I need them to be perfect. Like, I can't. I'm not going to go out and write 36 songs a day because it's not about quantity, it's about quality. If I write five good songs in one day, I'll feel amazing rather than write 36 songs and I'm sitting there in the back room throwing half of them away, you know? It's like, damn, I just wasted all that fucking time when I could have just took my time on these songs. So, now I'm more focused on finding myself, like fitting my truth and what I go through, fitting in my way, and trying to help you feel it in your own way, and trying to be myself instead of being Drake and J. Cole and Kendrick. I'm trying to be Dreamy Sinatra, you know. What goes into your songwriting process? Honestly, bro, like I have two processes. It's either it's either it's either I feel like doing it, or and and I just go ahead and knock it out. Like if I if I'm really in the mood for it, my songwriting process is ignore every call text that comes to my phone go sit in my car and just bump bump the beat bump anything any inspirations through the speakers i I try to write music in the house and like try to do it. it's just too many distractions you know like you got your tvs and you got pets you got all that and then you, you worry about other shit like too much stuff on your head i find when you could just sit in the car have your music playing through the thing. That's all you're focused on, and and that's all you're gonna do. So that's my that's my process. I sit in the car for like six seven hours, just straight writing music, and 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 it's like I make sure I have everything with me, bro. I got a snack, I got a drink, I got the trees, anything I need in that car with me to to basically help me where I think like, all right, if I sit here, I'm gonna create what I need to create, and I don't I don't leave that car. If I didn't do anything, if I go in that car to write some music, I better come out that car, writing music or I'm not coming out the car. So it's like, I just need to get away from everything. Like I can't, I can't write around a lot of people or all that yet. It's like, I still need to focus on what I'm trying to do. Cause I'm not trying to put out bull bull crap music or music that is just sounds rushed or iffy. Like I'm trying to, when you hear my music, I want you to know, like, I put that time into that music and I put all this extra stuff in there that you didn't think you were going to hear when my project came out. You're very uh, persistent in terms of, like, when you're writing. Some artists, they'll just, like, they'll stop and they'll just
1: do something else and
0: then they'll come back to it. And 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 that's the thing, like, that's, that's what I call writer's block. But yeah, everybody call it writer's block. Like you get down, you want to write a write a song or or write something, and you just can't. Like, and it's not like you don't know how to write music. It's just you can't. You you weren't inspired enough that day. Like that's how people feel. Like oh, I wasn't inspired enough today. I can't write nothing. Then what are you going to do? You either go sit down, watch TV, and do nothing. But then when you doing that, that one person that really wants to make it. They still working on the music, whether they can write it or not. They working on it. Whether to me, whether you got to watch a movie, you got to read a news article, you got to study the dictionary. You just got to learn new information. You got to be inspired. You got to go out and do stuff. Like, you can't sit in the house every night and then be like, you know what? I'm going to write five songs. Where's your inspiration from? Like, what are you writing about? Like, are you just picking random subjects off the top brain and just start writing? Like, some people do need to be inspired, but sometimes you need to force that inspiration. Because like I said, while you're not working, somebody else is. Who do you think they're going to go for? The person that is working or the person that's not? And you're going to go for the person that's working all the time? Yeah, exactly. Well, sometimes, just somehow, the person that don't be working gets that, you know, that exactly that's what you do. You be wondering, like, how? It's all right, right place, right time. As far as your beat selection, how does that work? What do you look for? I got an old school mind kind of like, I can't get over like how great 80s and 90s music was, so that's kind of like where I look for some of my inspirations on beats, like I love samples, like if you could could sample something and make it sound great, like the the female vocals in the background, something real soulful that I could vibe to like, that's what I love, like when, when a beat comes on, if I hear that sample and that sample's hitting nice and it's real soulful and And I feel like I can vibe with it and take it this direction, that direction, then it's perfect. So normally I just reach out to somebody. What I do is I have a notebook where I write all my ideas down. So I might hear a song one day and be like, damn, you know, I fuck with that song. Like it may come on the radio or something. I fuck with that joint, an old joint. Like up here we got the old school radio station. So sometimes I just straight up listen to the old school radio station for inspiration what I'll do is I'll write the song name down. I'll maybe write a part of the song I really liked that really spoke to me. And then I'll take that to the producer. I'll be like, yo, this song, this section of this song, I really messed with this. Do you think you could take this section of the song and do something with it? Can we add like a boom pat or can we add like them little melodies and the keys and the trumpets or something like that? Can we do all that? And that's how it comes out. Like, Or sometimes I'll even just I'll go on somebody's beat page and I'll just go through the beat and go through them and go through them until I really find one that speaks to me. And once it speaks to me, then that's when we do it. I'll ask them. I'll be like, yo, how much is this beat? Buy it off them and get straight to work. Like, I love I love the hype beats and the trap beats or something, but I got to feel it like I'm not going to ever force it. If I if I can't. If I can't feel it, then I'm not going to force it. Some songs I'll force it because I want to see if I'm able to do it because I know I have a versatile way of writing and a versatile way of style that I could do it. It's just I'm, if I feel too uncomfortable on the beat and I feel like, nah, it's just not me, I'm not going to use it and I'm not going to do it. Do you have any issues in terms of like recording or editing, anything like that, lost files? Nah, and and that's the thing. Like, I had to learn a long time ago. Like, you never leave your music at the session. Don't ever leave your music at the studio. Because when you got when you got music that you don't want released, and and you you really working on something heavy, like anything can happen. Like, and and people like not nah, you not if you not that big of an artist that, or if you at a certain level, you don't need to do it yet, but. But for anybody that's just now starting off, I'm gonna tell you to do it because you never know, bro. When when some shit might pop off for you, you never know. And, and once that stuff pops up or pops off for you, people gonna be looking to release your shit because it might get the money or something else. So I always say you never leave your music in the session. Or if you do, it has to be somebody you really really trust. If you if you just go into the studio just to go like then don't leave your music there. But as far as that, I've never had a problem recording because I always record with somebody I trust or somebody that I was referred to. And once I find somebody that I'm comfortable like, the person I'm comfortable with right now, my man's name is Jamal the Great, and he's probably one of the best engineers in Maryland, and he's the only person I go to, like, if if I gotta go to somebody else, I'm not getting a mix there. I'm not doing nothing. I'm just going to straight record dry vocals and bring them to him to get a mix. Because I don't really trust anybody else. And he, he the type of dude, you ain't even gotta be in the room with him for him to mix it. He gonna mix it exactly how you want it. So, it's all about who you trust. Who do you see yourself working with in the future? Honestly, I wanna work with SZA, maybe Janae Iko, um, Lee, Khalid, J Cole, Kendrick. I wanna, I, I just wanna work with people that, that know, like what is like know how to make great ass music, like and 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 people that don't try to outshine each other. Like my biggest thing is like when people jump on a track with you. Some people's main goal is okay. I want to outshine this artist on the track, but that's not what it's about for us. It's about two collectives coming together and creating a great track that's great on both ends. And and you're not you're not thinking when you listen to it. Oh, who was better? Who did this better? Now you're not thinking about that. You are thinking, damn, these two people came and together and created a great song, and that that's why I feel like I should work with those people. Like. Big Sean and uh, Janae Eiffel's album, The 2088. Like, that's probably one of my favorite albums that shows, like, how two people can come create something magical together. Like, when I create a rap song, if I can't think of anything in the background or any ad-libs or any doubles, I love having a singer who can be in the background adding those harmonies to the beat. It's just that extra sound. It's like like gold to your ears, kind of. So, when, when you get stuff like, when you get artists who can do stuff like that, then it's perfect. And that's why I, like, and it's crazy, like, being, being at the level I'm at right now, it's like, you would think, like, oh, if, if he, if he worked with them, what would he do? Like, what, how would he work with them? Does he even know what he would do? You know, it's crazy, bro. Like, I feel like I have something for any of them right now. If any of them wanted to hop on a track or do something, I could probably create it right now. And that, and, and that's just because I would know what I was working with. It's it's harder for an uh, underground artist to really find what he wants to work with, you know? Because if you try to reach out to bigger, bigger, bigger artists than you, may not be way or way bigger than you, they're either going to charge you and you going to waste your time, because you may not like the product it comes out with, or you're just not going to get that feature, you know? So, it's hard finding other artists who are either on the level as you, or just that you think are great enough to create a great track. Because once you, once you get to a certain level where people are really watching you, you have to watch what you put out. Like, you can't just I can't just put out a bullshit track because I'm lazy and and I didn't feel like putting all my effort into this track because then people are going to look at it like, you don't really care about this shit. So I feel like if I'm given the opportunity to work with some of the bigger artists, I definitely could create some, some legit stuff. It's just all about getting that opportunity to work with these artists. And you would definitely get that opportunity. Like, honestly, bro, like, I'm I'm never I'm never the cocky person ever, like, when it comes to the music. But I feel like I have what it takes to be a mainstream artist. Not even, it don't even got to be mainstream, bro. Like, if I could get to the level, like, Gold Link is at, or, like, somebody like that. Like, the level that Logic was just at, like, three years ago, like, if I can get to that, I will be good. I don't like my biggest goal isn't being on Drake level and being the biggest mainstream artist. Like my goal is just to create a solid fan base that is just legit looking for my music. Whenever I put it out, it's hitting me up for new no music. Like people, people that are excited to hear what I got to put out. And I feel like I feel like as an artist, when it comes to performance, music quality, what writing skills and all that, I feel like I have it, but you know, like you could feel like you have it and you could have it. But if somebody else don't see that you have it, then it's like you just have it, you know? If that makes sense, like I could be the greatest rapper in my city, you know? But if that top A and R or that top promoter don't know that then I'm just another rapper in the city, you know? So it's all about selling yourself and and doing all that other stuff. But at the end end of the day, I feel like a lot of artists know they're not ready. But in my eyes, like, I can say I'm ready because I want to make it, but I know I'm ready. Like, I know if I were to go into a situation or whatever, and I was put into, like, a deal or I was put into, like, situations where I had to put out an album in this amount of time and work with these artists to do these performances I know that I could get that get it done 100% every time because that's what I really want to do in life that's the passion you know how often do you collab with other artists not often not actually often but it depends like like I have to collaborate most of the time when I collaborate with an artist is because I reached out to you like, it wasn't because you reached out to me. Like, most of, I'm not gonna lie, bro. Most of the people that reach out to me to do songs with them and stuff, I, I most likely don't do it. Like, because I'm either working on my album or I'm working on the music I'm trying to put out now, or I just can't do it. Like, if I do that song, it's not gonna be what I want, you know? And when and when you're in a career, like a solo career, it's about what you want. Like, you don't you don't cater your career just so this person could get that track like, like cause, cause at the same time you know i'm I'm not one of those people, and I feel like even when I do make it mainstream level, I'm not about to be one of those people that tell that tell a underground artist I want twenty six thousand for a feature that's not gonna be me. I'm gonna do the feature for the low low or just do the feature if I fuck with it, but I have to genuinely fuck with the music like. If I don't genuinely fuck with the music then I can't do the song. I'll be wasting my time. It's like I won't have that extra effort that I really want. I'm always going to put 100% into the song but it's not going to be that full dreamy Sinatra that people will want to hear from other tracks because I was uncomfortable or I wasn't really feeling the track. What I do is I'll write music and if I feel like it could use another artist what I'll do is I'll just I'll just look for that artist that it fits. And if it fits you and I reach out, then we talk about it for real. And then we see where it's going to go. But as far as artists reaching out to me for collabs, I have to really genuinely mess with it to do it. The problem with most artists is, and I'm not I'm not saying that's a problem because every artist needs a manager, but the problem is you got your manager answering most of your emails See, me, I answer my own emails. I I got people that control my social medias, but I still peek into my DMs. I still answer people back and I still see what they got to say, but not everything is going to just happen. And and the problem is with certain artists, if you reach out to them, their manager is going to be the one that hits you back. And that's why I say, like, when you want, if you really, really, really want to collab with somebody, you gotta meet them. You gotta, you gotta go find where they be at, what they be doing. If you want, if you want your song played on the radio, don't email your song to the radio because your fucking email might get lost with a thousand other people that want to submit to the radio station. Your best bet, go find out where they're DJing, meet up, network in person. Like, that's what it is with collabs with anything. You have to network in person because they don't know who you are reaching out through email and, and like I said, nine, nine times out of ten you send them something through their email, they manage or see it first. They not seeing that. You could send them the most fucking craziest song and they not gonna hear it. They manage or not even probably not even gonna play it. And and you don't even know. You 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 gonna fork out that seven hundred to pay for somebody's feature. When they send it back, you might not even like it, you know? You just wasted all that money because you thought if I get this big name feature, shit gonna get popping. But if they wasn't fuck if people aren't fucking with it, you just wasted seven hundred trying to get that feature when you could have put that money into your own studio time and building your own project, you know? It's all about making the smart moves. What I've uh like what I've learned from like various artists and just like talking to them or what I've seen personally through just uh certain people Understanding how artwork and things like that work, it's either a hey, they don't really know how to communicate what they want out of the person, or they or they don't know how to I guess build that relationship properly. And that's, See what that's the problem like is? What I've been finding out. But the problem is, somebody will want you to do a song with them, but they'll just send you the beat, like literally nothing on it, bro. Like they'll send you the beat with nothing on it, and and be like yo I want you to do this song you'll be a great fit I want you to plug your verse in right here and do this you don't You don't even know what the artist sound like you ever heard not everything they've been doing and everything and you and they telling you like yo like legit do this track with me it's gonna be fire you don't know that you know but, but that's how it be and that's the worst way to network because once you once you just network like yo I'm trying to do this track boom let's do it they might not even want to work with you, for real. And, and that might I'm not say now burn a bridge, but it's kind of going to be like, uh, like you kind of forcing it. Like, I don't even know you like that. And you just, boom, do this track for me. Like, that's why I say you got to network. They got to know your face. If they don't know your face, then it's going to be hard for you to get that feature that you really want. Some of them, you even reach out to them, they won't even hit you back if they don't know who you are. I don't know. I find it, I don't know. I find it crazy. Um, I don't know, I'd be like experimenting at the time when I'm talking to people, just seeing how they respond to certain stuff. And like most people just really want somebody
1: to support what they're doing. For some people, I found out, like, oh wow, they're not really supported where they're from, or they have good music, it's just that they don't know how to, I guess. You know, do like the whole social media thing. They
0: don't understand how it works. But that's the thing. I mean, most people don't know how to work social media. That's why they have other people running their social media them But but once you once you lose contact with your with your fans and stuff, I feel like that's when you letting people run your social medias and stuff. You're not really talking to your fans and stuff. You have a bots and other things talking to your fans. Let's just get a little bit. You're part of DC Top Twenty. Well, this is joint. Um, what I did was, there's a website. It's a website called Submit Hub, and it was like maybe like my maybe like a year ago, right? And I submitted to them because they were saying like they like they were a new music label starting in DC, and they were looking for artists. So when I submitted to them, they hit me back like six months later. And wanted to work and and do some stuff. So what I did was I met up with them and we we sat down, played my last project for them to to the finish, and they really liked it and they really felt like they could invest in me as an artist. They started investing, they started promoting my stuff. Like they're like my marketing team, you know. It takes a lot of stress off your off the artist when you have people that that are ready to promote your stuff as soon as you make it. So, so you ain't got to worry about. All right, I wanna make this song, but how am I gonna get it out there for people to hear? They do that. Like like if it weren't for a DC Top Twenty, for I probably wouldn't have no music on Vivo, Tidal, Spotify, Apple Music, none of that. My music would probably still be on SoundCloud, still be on Funrilla. And I think that's like that's sort of where people are trying to Uh, I'm sorry about that. I I know it's besides those platforms. Tell us about your experience at Clapham University Women's Day Expo. Like, how was that? I didn't know what to expect, honestly. When I when I came out there, I I mean, I, I've tried to travel to like Texas and New York for shows and Atlanta and stuff like that, but I ain't never been to South Carolina, so I know I ain't know what to expect for real. But once I got there, it was a good feeling because it wasn't like like normally when you get there, people. People know, may may know you, may not know you. They they may not say something to you, they may not. But like one time, uh, one time I pulled up to the school, it just seemed like straight love. Once I got there, so it's like it, it knocked out any feelings that I had of doubt or anything, and it made it made the performance more comfortable and more appealing than it would have been if I would have thought like, damn, like if I, sh- I show up here and they're not even fucking with me, like they're not they're not like oh snap he performing or something and they just like whatever it's whatever get them off stage get them off Then i'm not gonna be as comfortable you know but it was it was awesome especially when they was like when they wanted me to perform the distance song again and they were saying the words with it and everything that was probably like the best feeling probably like top three performances i've had so far Yeah, i could tell they were they were really hyped about it that's a good thing to see when when somebody who's not even from the same city as you, who, who don't even know you from two sticks for is supporting you and excited about hearing your music, and drop your social media so we know where to find you. You can find me at Deshaun Hodges, G-E-S-H-O-N-H-O-D-G-E-S. Um, Instagram, you can find me, Dreamy Sinatra, D-R-E-E-M-Y-S-I-N-A-T-R-A. And you could, probably, you could find me at Dreamy Sinatra everywhere but Twitter. Twitter, you gotta search me, Deshaun Hodges. What would you tell a younger artist who's like, just beginning, as far as like advice, jumping in, however
1: they really want to
0: get started? Don't listen to your friend's opinion of your music your friend's most likely just going to tell you what they want say, what you want to hear. Like the problem with sharing stuff like that with your friends is they don't want to hurt your feelings. So your friend's not going to tell you for real, Oh, that song trash or nah, bro, you got to do that again. Like you got to find those people that that's not going to let you put out stuff that, that you know that you could have worked harder on that you could have done better. Cause they don't really care about your career for us. They let you do that. And I, and I say, honestly, the, The best thing to do is just get up and look for opportunities. Like, the problem with a lot of underground artists is they wait for opportunities to come to them. Like, they expect, like, if I put this song out, this opportunity is going to come for me. I just got to wait. Like, nah, that's not how it works. you're not reaching out to these people, letting them know who you are, networking yourself, nobody going to know who you are at the end of the day. It don't matter how much great music you put out, they're not going to know. Now I'm more focused on finding myself, like, fitting my truth, fitting what I go through fitting in my way and trying to help you feel it in your own way and trying to be myself instead of being Drake and J. Cole and Kendrick, I'm trying to be Dreamy Sinatra, you know. It's all about how you sell yourself. If you're not if you really taking the music serious and you really gonna be out here trying to sell yourself, no matter what it is. Like there's nights like where I go to performance only six people in the room. There's been nights I performed and there was two thousand people in the room. It's like you just gotta you got to go with the flow. Just because there's six people in the room don't mean you don't perform at stadium level, you know? You always got to be 100% in everything you do. Don't just, oh, there they ain't that many people in this room. So I'm I'm going to give them 60% because it's, it's not like they're going to check for it anyway. Nah, they really legit going to check for it. As long as you're selling yourself, you let them know where to find you and you having them conversations that you might have after performances and they really gonna look for you. But if you just jump up there, perform, boom, hop right off, go home, you just wasted your time. They're not gonna know who you are
1: tomorrow or after the next performance. Dreamy Sinatra dropped a lot of gems on y'all. He gave y'all the game, basically. He told y'all about DC Top 20. He told y'all about, you know, as an underground artist, you need to find opportunities if you're performing man just perform don't worry about who's in the crowd how many people it is because like the, those people will check for you and those will be like yo maybe first true fans never know and look we just gonna keep it rolling i look forward to seeing dreamy sinatra's grow and what he's coming into as of now so there will definitely be an updated episode at some point later on i'm not going to spoil what he's been doing i've seen some things and they're they're pretty good on the next episode of the podcast you're here as well